0: 2 1 and we're back And juliet is august the 24th we're on day what day are we on 48 48 and we are day 48 of our harris u.s tour and now we are in the great state of Iowa, having passed through Nebraska yesterday. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, it's been really an exceptional experience, and Julie and I have been relaying as much of that experience to all of you on Instagram. If you want to check out our pictures and videos of all the great people and places we've been, please do uh, just check us out on Instagram at Tim and Julie Harris. But I have to say, Julie, this trip for me has been a, mm, I don't know how, st- I'm not I'm still working through it in my mind. But I feel a sense of interconnectedness to the rest of the country and uh, that I didn't expect. I didn't realize, especially if you were to believe the, you know, essentially the zeitgeist that everyone's, you know, in the country is split, divided against, you know, each other over, it's all the Mickey Mouse that's out there. It's really not true.
1: No, it's not true. And, you know, we're not at each other's throats. And I was thinking... You know, I think we've done about 6,500 miles since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're on our 12th or 13th state. And if we had done that in Europe or in Africa or pretty much anywhere else in the world, we would have gone through so many different uh, languages and outlooks and how people dress and how they treat each other and all these different cultural changes. And so, one of the things that I'm um, digesting, I guess is the vastness of the country and how we're more similar than we are different.
0: Well, oh, that's the the bottom line. And that's really extraordinary. That's something that can't be underestimated. And it's really what makes our country unique is, is you can go to any of these, like we're in, you know, we're in Nebraska yesterday. We're in Iowa today. We are in, you know, San Francisco felt like two seconds ago, right? Yeah, we're in L.A. We're all over the country. And even though people look differently because they do, and because people and people act differently because they do in some areas, they move faster than they move in other areas. In some areas, you know, it's all pickup trucks in other areas. It's all Tesla's, you know, <laughs> but people are fundamentally tied together in this country from being Americans. And it's difficult to understand that until you actually experience it, that there is this omnipresent. Um, I don't know what the word would be. I'm still working through it in my head. But there's this always present sense of connectiveness. That I underestimated, frankly. I had mm-hmm. hoped it was there. Mm-hmm. I was raised to believe that it was there, certainly. Yes. You know, but I was also uh, a lot of people and things have been trying to convince me that it's not there anymore, and they're wrong. They are wrong. You know, it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's San Francisco or whether it's going to be, you know, in the middle of Wyoming. People are Americans. We're all fundamentally tied together. Yes, we have different approaches to life and our philosophies of life, and you know, just all kinds of different things. that are bubbling up in the uh, overall, uh, you know. U.S. zeitgeist. But the reality of it is, is we're all Americans and you can feel it. And um, for me, it's been a very meaningful uh, return to, I think, core values in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which I'm really grateful for.
1: Me too. And also a special shout out and thank you to all of the kind cowboys who have been opening doors for me and Zoe. <laughs> oh, here, here, <laughs> here in, in Iowa? Yeah, especially in Iowa. Did you notice Wyoming, <laughs> uh, Nebraska.
0: But it's yeah. funny. It, but you, uh, It's funny you mentioned that. Like I was opening a door and this was in San Francisco for a lady and this is just what I do. It's not some sort of, you know, it's, polit- how, you're raised. it's how I was raised, right? It's called being polite. Um, And I did have one lady basically turn around after or before she walked through the door, look at me, say she can open the door herself and then walk through it, open the door and walk through it herself. Even though I'd stood there for probably five seconds holding the door open. Well, what I just thought to myself, well, that was a lot of energy to try to make a statement to a stranger. Right. I mean, she went out of her way to try to basically teach me a lesson. I don't even know. on. But it's just. But I have a theory about this. I think
1: that you see more of that in urban environments. Where there's high density oh yeah and there's a higher built-in level of stress and i think especially people who grew up in that environment they maybe don't even realize it because it's been normalized for them
0: i that's 100 and I, true. I think
1: maybe their buttons are subconsciously pushed a little bit easier and they're a little more, more stress tensely. yeah i mean yeah. you can tell by how people drive and yep. comments like that uh, and it is a bit more at ease in the middle of the country
0: Wow. I mean, dude, it's maybe so, a lot. You said it's a so bit, quiet I, mean, here. I, don't, I don't know how to describe how much more it is. Just like,
1: this hotel, we're, we're at Stony Creek here in uh, Des Moines, which is a cute little kind of uh lodgy hotel. And it's so quiet. It's just so quiet. Even, and I know that one of their main roads goes out there, but it's, it's just really chill. Well,
0: yesterday when we were doing the podcast, we were looking out the window in the hotel wherever we were before in Nebraska. And I, I mentioned this on the show, but it was kind of funny because what two days prior to that, you were, and I were looking out the window of the hotel in Laguna Beach and we we're looking at the <laughs> surfers you know, out on the waves in the morning. uh, and then when we are in Nebraska, we're looking out on the waves of corn. You know? But they're still waves and they're still equally relaxing to look at. That's
1: right, because we're still in the same country.
0: (laughs) That's right. So guys listen, this is real estate coaching radio. And again, if you want to follow along with us on our travel uh travels around the country please do so on instagram at tim and julie harris um and uh, we are next stopping in columbus ohio we don't know whether we're going to be stopping we have to you know zoe's in second grade and we have to get her back to go to school so we're going to end the uh, trip here in what about two weeks is that what you're thinking
1: i think it's 10 days now something like that
0: you've been saying 10 days for like three days i know
1: but i extended it for our flight so okay yes somewhere around there and then get her back to second grade for reals And uh, get my tooth fixed for real. And then we'll be back in Puerto Rico for a while.
0: Right. Which I'm looking forward to. Yes, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing our friends, you know, in Puerto Rico. Absolutely. And Zoe to play with all of her beach heathens, as we're fond of calling them. The
1: beach heathens.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. So we're talking about the seven-step listing process. And this is really... a. a drilled down podcast where we're walking you through the importance of following a system. A system really is at the end of the day the solution. I know you guys, well maybe you have or haven't, but that is just one of those just truisms of life. If you want to get consistent results in life at anything you do, you create a system around it. Or better yet, you copy somebody else's system so you don't have to trial and error and waste all kinds of time trying to figure out your own system. And the listing process really is a system. And here's the thing that I want all of you guys to understand. Even though People think being a listing agent is more work than being a buyer's agent is, you know, that's absolutely the the biggest lie in real estate right now is what I just said, because it's not true. Being a listing agent does require more skill, that is true, okay, that's definitely true, but once you've acquired that skill, you can just per- you can improve it. You can go from you know the different levels of, of of mastery. You know you go from unconscious incompetence to conscious competence to unconscious competence to unconscious uh, competence. I may have said the same thing twice, but you guys get the gist yes. of it, right? So once you've got the skills, your mission is just to get better at the skills, which you do through normal the normal course of things when you're practicing real estate. But when you're working with buyers, the stress is so um, it, it's all the time. Whether the buyer's going to be loyal to you, whether the buyer's going to change their mind, buyer's going to get their fancy. And oh, and then buy it all. And then, by the way, hopefully you're going to be one of 30, you know, in terms of the offers that are submitted on said house. And then maybe hopefully uh, if all the stars align, you're actually going to be able to put your buyer in contract. And guys, that market is not going to change anytime soon. There's such a pent up demand for homes that it's going to be like this for some time. It's not necessarily even interest rate dependent at this point. It's more dependent on demographics, the massive number of people that want to buy. And that ain't changing. That's just getting started. So if you think the market's tough now, being a, a prominently buyers or dominantly buyers agent, you know just wait. It's going to get even more challenging for you. So the the suggestion, the strongest of suggestions we have for you, is probably your best efforts in becoming a listing agent. And the, the advantages of being a listing agent are limitless. The number one one uh, being that you have leverage, leverage of your time opposed to someone leveraging your time, leverage of your time being that you can work a normal workday. When you're a listing agent, you can delegate easily the things that are not the highest dollar productive things. Try doing that on a buyer's agent. When you're, just prom- when you're you know, prominently focused on buyers, you can't really delegate anything, can you? So when you're a listing agent, you can work a normal work uh, work day. When you're a listing agent, you can have your magic number of listings, five or 10 listings, and you have all the other buyer's agents out there hustling around on their nights and weekends, trying to sell your listings, trying to make you money. Basically, that's the the essence of it.
1: Oh, and by the way, it's more secure too because, you know, you have an actual contract, Yeah,
0: which you
1: don't with buyers most of the time.
0: And where's the commission getting obliterated right now in the markets where it is? On the buyer's agent side, not on the listing agent side. Um, and when you're a listing agent, guys, here's the thing that the, that hopefully you understand. If you're good at being a proactive lead generator, a good pre-qualifier, a good lead follower, um, and a good presenter, and Julie would say negotiating as well, which is true. But the reality of it is in this marketplace is just take the best offer you know for the seller. So there's not a lot of negotiation that's necessary. But if you're good at those activities, you can be pretty much average to terrible at everything else in real estate, and you'll do just fine. You get good at those activities. You never have to work with a buyer if you choose not to. Now we do want you to work with always two to three buyers no matter how successful you become so you're keeping on the forefront of what's going on in the market. But for the most part, when you're a listing agent, guys, you win. But it starts the mindset of deciding you're going to be a listing agent. And once you've decided you're going to be a listing agent, the next step, obviously, is to just plug into a proven system that works. And that's what the seven-step listing process is. That's what premier coaching is. So do the right thing. Do the smart thing. Do the thing you're probably going to do anyway, but you're just procrastinating it and become one of our premier coaching students. There's two ways to do it you can just text the word success to 47372, text the word success to 47372, and we'll text you back a link. And that link, you can download the real estate treasure map, but also then you're going to be entitled to a conversation with one of our new member coaches. If you are ready to jump to the head of the line and you just want to join Premier Coaching, just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, click on Premier, and join Premier Coaching for around $100 a month. That is the next natural step for all of you. And then you're going to have the proven plan that all of you need to move forward quickly in this business, dependent on listings, not on buyers.
1: That's right. So we are up to step number five, which is pretty simple and straightforward. And then step, step number six, which is all about presenting. It's showtime. But before we get there, step number five seems simple enough. Confirm the appointment. Always, always confirm the appointment and always show up. Even if you just left left a message of a confirmation, it is the professional thing to do. Now, we also have a script that goes with that where you're calling to confirm, you're gonna ask if they received the pre-listing package, that was a previous step, and that they actually opened it because that's gonna make your life so much easier. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Always confirm the appointment and, and remember too, Showing up on time is virtually late for some people so you know be there 5-10 minutes early especially you guys that live in huge towns like you're in Los Angeles calculate what's going on so you get there early
0: Julie let me drill down on a couple things you just said number one you always want to if you're competing you want to be the last that they're interviewing we talked about that the other day and we teach you the scripts and what to say and how to approach that in the program number two um, you want to confirm the appointment, but confirming the appointment's a little bit tricksy because you don't want to necessarily make it so that um, they are looking for an excuse to cancel your appointment. So the, if you set the appointment today and you're going to go on the listing appointment, let's say tomorrow at the end of the day, confirm the appointment after you've delivered the pre-listing pack later today. And by later, it's not that much you know, into the future. But here's basically the script. Um, to confirm that they've received and opened and read the listing presentation because it's one thing for you to have gone through the effort of delivering it. It's another thing to make sure they've actually looked into it. So Mr. Seller, Hey, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys today at seven o'clock or hopefully not that late, you know, four o'clock. So listen, I've delivered a, or we delivered a pre-listing pack to your house today. I want to make sure that I included something really critical in there. Can you go grab that? So, I've made sure I've included this because you definitely want to check this out before I get there because frankly, it'll make it so that we can uh, spend all of our time this evening. And it won't be that much time um, once you've read the pre-listing pack, but we do focus then on what's most important to you. So you can can you go grab that? And then what you're going to hear, sometimes they're going to say, well, I've already opened or I've already read it or I've read it, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you're going to have to ask them again, well, can you just please go grab it so I can make sure I've included this one thing in it because it's really going to be a game changer for you. And then what you're going to hear is most times people are going to be on their cell phones um and I'm who has a house line anymore and then well we do because my mom's 81 that's true <laughs> but then you're going to hear them walking uh, over to wherever the pre-listing pack is and then you're going to hear them opening it for the first time of that's what you're going to hear you're going to hear this yeah, you're gonna That's hear this them
1: walking. Sti- then you're going to hear this.
0: <laughs> of the uh, of the envelope being open for the first time. Okay, That's what you have to do because you're kind of tricking them into doing what they said they were going to do anyway mm-hmm. because if they don't read the pre-listing pack before you have the appointment with them, it is a completely different experience than if they do. And Some of you are laughing at yourselves, coaching clients, because you know what I'm talking about. Pre-listing pack delivered and read and consumed by seller. Listing appointment easy with virtually no stress. If they don't do it, if you get there and it's just still sitting there un, uh, unopened, um, then it's a completely different conversation. And a oftentimes an adversarial conversation, the types of conversations you want to avoid only happen when they haven't read the pre-listing pack. Remember the pre-listing pack is your silent salesperson. It does most of the heavy lifting for you before you get there.
1: That's right. So make sure you follow that script, coaching clients. And if you're not yet, you're wondering what we're talking about. All you have to do is become a coaching client. Just text SUCCESS to 47372 and make your life easier. Well, step number six in the seven step listing process is present. It is showtime. And I've got about four little points here. Of course, you know, this isn't the same as our premier coaching session, but this is stuff you've got to be aware of so that you polish up your game. So it's presentation time. Remember that presenting begins at the time you convert the prospect from a prospect to an appointment. The better you are from the beginning, the higher chance you have of actually taking the listing. And that's why you have a pre-listing package. That's why you call to confirm the appointment. You are actually presenting every step of the way and you are competing every step of the way. Maybe you're the only one that called to confirm. Isn't that an advantage? Maybe you're the only one that sent a pre-listing package or you're the only one who sent something that unique that stands for you. Did
0: you pick up on what Julie said? Okay, so here are the points of differentiation. Again, we really drill down on these in the coaching program but it, it's the moments of truth. And we got that from our dearly departed friend, Howard Britton, right? So the moments of truth happen throughout the relationship you have with that seller, even before you've actually talked to them. It's how they come to interact you with you. And in this day and age, there's tons of them. There's how you present yourself on social. There's your signs. Your A moment of truth could be if you sent them something in the mail. A moment of truth really happens after they've contacted you. One of the biggest things, mistakes. That's the simplest thing to uh, correct is the speed in which you follow up with your leads and the speed in which you follow up after that. And some of you have these really misplaced big egos that are telling you that if you're too urgent to a lead, that you're somehow telling that seller that you've got nothing better to do. And you just have all this time to do nothing other than focus on them. Well, that is how you are supposed to be presenting yourself to them because that is what they want. And so again, your moment of truth is when they contact you, you contact them back immediately. And you have to think about that, uh, how that stands with all of, your need, uh, all of your leads. Any lead deserves to be called back immediately. Then you pre-qualify them. And even if they present as a buyer, you root out whether they're a seller, use our script. And when you do that, you're then going to increase your listing opportunities. Those of you who struggle in the business, the number one thing, if you were to ask me two things you need to do. Um, and believe it or not, skills is number three. Number one is be urgent with all your lead follow-up. And number two, uh, have lots of energy and enthusiasm. And number three is actually improve your skill set because you can win more than you think if you're furiously fast with your lead follow-up and if you have great energy and enthusiasm. That's
1: exactly right. So remember that presenting begins at the time you convert the prospect into an appointment. Now, next, Tim just mentioned it. Use our powerful and proven listing presentation. Do not wing it. Even with past clients and people in your sphere, referrals, slam dunk appointments. I would say, especially with those people, because they get kind of secretly pissy when you take uh, when you are assumptive, and maybe the person that they were kind of considering, that kind of talked their way in the door, has a more formal presentation than you. And actually has more of a shot because you were so assumptive.
0: And if they're one of our coaching clients, by the way, we have very specific scripts on how to, uh, if you're competing for a listing and that seller has somehow some sort of center of influence past client or even familial bond with with a competing agent, we do teach you how to basically beat that agent. Uh, Because of the fact that, you know, there are very distinct advantages to listing with somebody who's not a friend or a family member. And most sellers will immediately gravitate towards you if you give them the opportunity or point out the fallacy in doing business with friends or family. And that's, again, something we uh, script you up to. Uh, conversations we uh, teach you to have with prospective sellers, so you will win. Again, we find it unsatisfactory, unsatisfying and unacceptable if you don't win at least 90% of the listings you go on.
1: That's why we have the system to set you up for success. So next, preview the competition and pending listings to be as accurate as possible in your pricing. Remember, pricing it right in the first place prevents you from having to deal with price reduction conversations later and or, you know, weird conversations like you sold it too quick or, you know, let's raise the price, all of that pricing stuff that gets you guys tangled up. You have to preview, even if you're previewing pictures online, ideally you're doing it in person. You're going to be more confident in your pricing. Our BPO agents, that's something they get part of Premier, so they're doing uh, price opinions all the time, your pricing acumen is going to give you much more confidence and you're going to be less likely to overprice.
0: The worst thing can happen, one of the worst things can happen on a listing appointment is some other agent came in and told the seller about a listing that was a prospective comp for their house and you didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And as soon as the seller says well what about one two three elm street That house says blah 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 have you seen it and then you're going to two-step you're either going to fumble or they're going to sense the fact that you're two-stepping and you're not going to get the listing because the other agent seems more competent than you because they've been previewing because they know what's going on in the market which goes back to the reason why we strongly suggest that all of you no matter how successful you become at being a listing agent always are working with you know, two or three really, really good buyers. Perspect, uh, the buyers would be hypothetically the sellers that have houses to sell that want to buy something. Really, you know, you can be super picky. You people you, people you like, that. great great price, price points. All the other buyers that you attract off all of your listings using, you can use a great service like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM one 800 hotlinecom and generate a lot of buyer leads. Well, take those buyer leads and why don't you just refer those out to other agents after you've pre-qualified them to pull out any prospective sellers. If they're straight buyers, refer those to other agents and charge a 25% or even a 35% referral fee. You will make more money and get better control of your time if you run your business that way and focus all your best energies back in on being a listing agent.
1: That's right. Now, you mentioned if another agent comes in and has that one comp that you didn't know about or a comp that you weren't familiar with. That can also happen with the seller knowing about that comp which is possibly even worse yeah and i remember i'm sure you remember we had some listing presentations where the seller was like okay let's talk about price and they whip out their oh, spreadsheet because yeah. they've been keeping track of engineers. every sale especially engineers yeah but
0: none of them ever beat you because you were way nerdier than they were
1: because uh, i knew that could happen yeah i mean you only have to have that happen once to you to kind of correct course but that does happen. You know, your more analytical types, your engineers, your teachers, they do keep track of that.
0: And especially in the upper end too. When especially you start dealing the with end. the upper end ones and you're dealing with somebody who's an engineer, even if they don't show you their spreadsheet, they've got a spreadsheet. And so a, a sidestep, you learned how to do masterful CMAs mm-hmm. by taking a class at the MLS. I remember yeah. you did that. It's
1: really critical that you guys do that, especially if you can get CE credit out of it. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself even taking an appraisal class, dry as that is, you're gonna get CE credit for it and it's going to show you three or four different ways to price property.
0: An analytical person actually will choose to list with somebody who is, uh, they perceive to be on equal footing in terms of the analysis Mm -hmm. of the market, even if you've got the best of everything else, and this goes to versatility, which isn't really part of what we're talking about today, but if you know you're gonna be, but it is part of our pre-qualifying script, asking if there's, you know, what they do for a living, finding out what the actual nature of the employee is, because that'll then help you to understand how to approach the presentation with that prospective seller or sellers, right? If they are a couple of analytical people and you run in there and you're acting like you're some sort of super expressive, you know, blah, 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 chances are you're not going to get that listing. But if you walk in, you know, this goes to versatility. When you walk in like Julie used to and she had already known what they were doing for a living, she probably had, you know, profiled them to a high level and she could present to them the way they wanted to be presented to versus the way she wanted to present to them. Boom, you got the listing. They like you because immediately subconsciously Consciously, they feel a connection to you because you're like them. Their egos are all of a sudden more attracted to you.
1: Yes, and that that you know that's important. You've got to be accurate, but also, as you guys would say, hit it off with them. Uh, so that's all about showtime. Now, one of the more important things is know what's most important to the homeowner. Don't assume that you know, and don't assume that it's always about price. Yes, you're going to discuss price. Yes, you've got to be accurate at price. We just talked about that but it's not the only thing. It's not the end all and be all. So you've got to know what's most important to them. How do you do that? You're going to ask them what's most important to them and you're going to write it down. It's part of the listing presentation script. It's part of the proven home selling system. It works every time. We have shown this. My favorite story about this is a gal named Christine who sells in Los Angeles and she had gone, she secured a listing through prospecting but it was in her neighborhood so it was kind of 50 50 they sort of knew her but they weren't really tight right okay so she's going on this listing presentation she uses the pre-qualification script she finds out she's competing against not one not two not three but six other agents one of whom was one of the top agents consistently in all of los angeles a little intimidating right okay she's got her act together but what if you found out that you were up against that kind of competition? Well, guess what? She went last, as we prescribed, and she got the listing. She asked them, I'm curious, you spoke with a lot of different agents, what turned out to be the most important deciding factor? You know what they said? You were the only one who bothered to ask what was important to us. Yep. And they also said, you weren't even coming in at the highest price, but you asked what was important to us, and we believe that you're going to help us the best with this transaction so
0: I get a uh, text the other day from someone who listened to the podcast if I remember correctly he lives in Newport Beach California and um, he was pointing out he was he uh, is leaving this team he's part of he's joining EXP we're gonna be Mm -hmm. his sponsors and I remember he said he goes on listing appointments with this top agent in Newport wherever and this listing agent goes through a lot of effort to get these appointments, a lot of effort to, you know, win the listings when they're on the appointment. But this listing agent never asks for the seller to sign the contract. Mm -hmm. They don't actually close on the appointment. Mm -hmm. And the reason is ultimately it's because they did not send a pre-listing pack. They did not, uh, you know, completely pre qualified they are not following a system and they're hoping and praying that somehow at the end of that listing that seller is going to want to just magically do business with them but when you don't I want you guys to really be you know level with yourselves if you're not asking for the business I know why you're doing it and you know why you're doing it because you don't want to hear the word no you're fearful of rejection but what message does that send to that seller when you don't ask for the business it's similar to when you don't ask for a referral it's similar to when you decide to be a secret agent and don't let everyone in the world know you're in real estate When you don't ask, What are you telling that prospective seller to get back to my example that you're not professional? That would be the first one. Now that might be a subconscious response to them. Some of you are saying, well, they're going to think they like, they're going to like me because I'm not uh, being pushy. Hmm. They want you to be pushy to push the buyer around and the other agent, assuming there is one to get the highest price and best terms for them. They want somebody who is going to be aggressively negotiating on their part professionally. Now, if you don't want to be pushy personally, that's fine, but professionally they want to hire a professional. Now, the word isn't necessarily even pushy in a lot of these sellers' minds. The word is incompetent. You didn't ask for the business. You came here and spent all this time, and you didn't actually ask for my business. That's incompetent. Or you are simply not interested in doing business with them. That is another subconscious reaction or conscious reaction a seller is going to have to you not asking for them to sign the contract. You must not have, you know, Tim and Julie, or rather Bob didn't ask me to sign the contract. They must not be interested in doing business with me. They can even
1: think you didn't like them.
0: Right. And that's how these new agents can swoop in and hand you your butt on a listing appointment because they follow our system. They just essentially are willing to be scripted. They don't think that somehow, you know, they're the best thing about even age, like a lot of you are new, even if you've been in the business a long time, because you've never focused on being listing agents. So you're new at being listing agents, even if you've been in the business for 20 years. Oh, you've been in the business in 20 years. You've listed plenty of houses. How many have been with sellers that weren't your centers of influence and past clients, right? Three. You guys get the point. So you're all new. You're all at that conscious and competence phase when you're learning that finally you're willing to accept what you don't know and you're going to improve upon it. Do it now because the market is going to come your way. We are coming into one of the best times of the year to pursue uh, listing opportunities. Some will list this year, some will list next year. Your new year is going to officially start inside probably about 45 days. Any top producing agent knows that there are Uh, Their following year starts at really the end of the third quarter of the previous year. That is one of the biggest, you know, worst held secrets in real estate. That means that effectively in about 30 days, your 2022 has already started. You want to have momentum going into next year. And that starts with conversations you initiate now. Incredibly important that you focus all your best energies right now on becoming listing agents. Julie, you and I have to wrap today a little bit early because we have to go over to someplace here in town and (laughs) present to um, a group of EXP agents, actually. Yeah. So, listen, guys, if you are interested in joining EXP and you're looking and you have not chosen a sponsor and you're looking for someone who's going to be proactive in your success at EXP, we're meeting with a group of people just like that today people that are all in our uh, group called Libertas. And if you'd like to become a member of Libertas, and again, if you've not yet chosen your sponsor, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor at eXp. And the quickest way you can do it, the, the there's there's a quick way and then there's the, the less quick way, right? The quick way is just to text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Or you can just text the letters eXp to 47372. Just text the letters exp to 47372 and we'll text you back a link and you can watch a few videos that'll educate you and get you on the path everybody is at least exp curious it's good for you to uh, watch those videos first so just text exp to 47372 if you've already moved on and you're ready to join and you're just looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive and helping you succeed at exp then do please consider julie and i and just uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206 In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we will talk with you on the show tomorrow.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.